Welcome to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Callie O'Connor. I've gone from career burnout to taking multiple career breaks, scoring several remote jobs, and even starting my own business while traveling to over 80 countries. The one thing that held me back from starting sooner was that I didn't believe it was possible for me. I wasn't aware that travel could become part of my lifestyle. Through this podcast, I'm so excited to share with you the travel possibilities that are out there for you. In season three, we're talking all about travel jobs. Let's get started. Welcome back. The travel job we are discussing today is television producer. So my guest today is Freddie Shires. He is a TV producer slash cameraman slash editor who mainly works in sports, traveling around the globe to various sporting events. And over the years, he spent time in places like Thailand, Israel, Bahrain, all over Europe. He's based in Europe. He's based in the UK, uh, United States, and many more. And we dig into how he got started in this. And it's not because he has a background in film, which is really cool for those of you who think this sounds like a cool job. One more thing I'll note is my voice. I was having a bit of a cold while we were recording, so I apologize if I'm a little bit gruff or anything like that. But without further ado, here's the episode. It is a good one. Hello, and welcome back to the Travel Possibilities podcast. I have another great interview episode for you today, and I would love to introduce you to my guest, Freddie. Freddie, thanks for being here. Why don't you tell us about yourself? Thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah, so I am, well, I'm a TV producer, but I'm kind of a, I guess, jack of all trades sort of thing. I've been like, I've been a cameraman, I've been an editor, I've worked in production, all, all kinds of things across TV and mostly in sport as well. But obviously living in the UK and and like sports happening all over Europe and stuff, it does tend to mean that I get to go to really cool events, sort of not actually all across Europe, but all across the globe kind of thing. So yeah, that's that's basically a bit about me and what I do. And um, yeah, I really love my job and everything it entails. And and yeah. Cool. So that sounds super exciting. And I can't wait to dig into that. Can you just take us back a little ways? What did you study? Were you always interested in working in television? Yeah, so actually, no, I, to begin with, I didn't actually have like any aspirations to work in TV at all. So I was, I was a runner in school and university or, or college or whatever, however you would say. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I, w- I went to university like as a runner, basically as an athlete, track and field. And, but I kind of knew that I wasn't quite sort of good enough to do like anything sort of professionally or anything like that. So I went to um, university, I did a history degree actually. As just a kind of thing like, well, I like history. There's some transferable skills there. Maybe I'll see where that leads me. Um, and so I finished finished uni, did my three years, got my degree. And obviously, sport thing wasn't quite going to work out competitively. So I was like, well, I'm quite good at writing. Maybe I'll be a sports writer because, you know, that, that's kind of people kind of say, well, failed athletes become like sports writers. <laughs> so I guess I, I started that path quite early. I did a sports journalism master's. Uh, got that that all went really well and then I went into writing about football or soccer and I did that for a couple of years and I'll be honest I really didn't enjoy it at all I was working sort of mostly in an office doing weird shifts everything I was writing was very formulaic it was like there was every single day was kind of the same basically and so I did yeah I did that for a couple of years and then one day I was just like 
why, why am I doing this? This is really boring. This is making me super stressed. The, the hours are long and I'm not getting much from it. So yeah, I ended up quitting and I was actually going to go back to university and do a teaching degree um, for sports coaching. And then I saw this job at a TV production company called IMG. IMG is in the America as well. You're quite big. It's quite big there as well, I think. Yeah, and they they um, had a cycling television program. And then I was I was a huge cyclist. Um, I still am a, quite a big cyclist, a big cycling fan as well. It's probably like my favorite sport. And it was for a researcher on their TV program, um, this TV pro- program called InCycle. And obviously having the knowledge, it's quite a niche sport as well um, in the UK. So there, it's quite difficult to find someone who kind of has that knowledge and can help in that regard. So I went for the job. I got it, obviously, because I knew so much about cycling. And, I, and in the interview, like I, I think that was kind of obvious. And then I sort of joined as a researcher. And researchers, I guess, in TV, I, I don't know if you know the structure, but it's kind of nowadays you kind of have a researcher, an AP who's an assistant producer, and then a producer. And that's kind of, it's not really, well, when you're working on a small production, that's kind of the structure. There aren't sort of many sort of rings to it. And so I started as a researcher who... They, they generally don't film or anything like that. They're generally sort of helping out with production, doing doing research and helping the people who are going to go out and film. So I, jo- I joined then and within a month, they were basically like, um, so do you, do you want to help pick up a camera and like help us film? And because it was quite small production, so they obviously didn't have much help. And I was like, sure, yeah, of, of course I do. You know, I love, I love cycling. I love like all the races and everything. So yeah, um that was and that was kind of that so within like a month I, they gave me a camera and I was out doing shoots all across Europe going to races pretty much every single like weekend and then we come back in the week stitch together the show because it was a weekly show of half an hour and then I'd go out again on Thursday and then yeah we go to another race on the weekend and, and then come back and do it all over again and then sometimes we had longer races where we'd be out for like a couple of weeks or like three weeks if it's the the Tour de France or a big race like that and yeah I did that from I guess 2017 to 2020 so Covid obviously that mm-hmm. that put a stop to stuff but yeah it was it was full-on like really really crazy stuff like long again very long hours but long hours that I actually enjoyed because like I was out doing things like going to loads of different countries filming a really cool sport talking to like major major sort of figures in cycling and also then I was working within a big production company as well. So our season ran from January until September, basically. And then when the season finished, you had all these other productions within the, the TV company and you could go and work on those other things. So I worked on cycling for most of the year, but then, so there's three months between like October, um, November and December, I was working in like equestrian, um, rugby, football, like all kinds of different things. And again, going to like different events and all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of like really how I got started. Obviously, I've had other jobs since then, but that's sort of like how everything sort of kicked into gear and how I like got into sort of TV and filming and like camera work and stuff like that. That is such a good story. And so on this podcast, they always like to point out things that are like seemingly serendipitous. The fact that you're like this job, this writing is not for me. I'm going to quit. I'm going to do something completely different. And then you found this job posting and happened to get it and it's changed your whole career. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> like obviously there are, there are writing jobs where, I mean, you get to go to cool places and, and do these kind of things. And I guess that's kind of what I envisaged when I first started writing, but I guess 
like the nature of these things you know things don't always work out like that but I guess it was a good decision in the end because eventually it led me to my you know my current profession um so yeah it, it is kind of one of these things like you know everything happens for a reason type thing totally like had you just stuck it out and stayed in that job you might not be where you are today so I think that's very cool and very wise that you were able to recognize that and make a change and so was travel always part of your life was that something you were interested in doing for work or is that something that just came as a byproduct of this career path yeah I well I traveled quite a lot as a youngster because um obviously we're from the UK my family but um we lived in Switzerland and Austria when I was a lot younger um because my dad worked there and so I guess we were kind of going back and forth a bit and sometimes we'd go he'd have business trips and we'd sort of join him on those and those would be sort of all across Europe. So I did travel quite a lot when I was younger. Not so much probably when I was in my early 20s and, and late teens. I guess I I don't really know why. I think I was more sort of focused on like schoolwork and sort of like doing well at school and then getting a degree eventually. But then I think once I actually started work and I kind of realized that like, right, you're an adult now. Like you've got to sort of supplement work with cool things to do because otherwise, you know, you'll just in a sort of monotonous cycle type thing and so then I think I was like yeah like I I want to travel more I want to go to all these cool places so yeah I guess travel like I had the sort of foundation of travel in me but I don't think it was ever like a a really sort of like massive interest for me until I like actually sort of started traveling and realizing that like oh you know it's quite cool going to like all these places you know it's it's this is this is fun I you know I I enjoy doing it sort of thing that's awesome and so just quickly you started as a researcher I didn't even know that was a job so thank you for laying out like what the production team sort of looks like what does your job as a researcher entail yeah so when you're a researcher again it's kind of it's it's sort of an entry type job Mm -hmm. so um again in tv you have you have first of all you have runners who are kind of very junior position Usually they're people in their very early 20s who are straight out of university and want to get into TV and they sort of help out. They get teas, basically, uh, sort of chatting with people. The idea is they're getting experience and sort of seeing what they want to do in TV. And usually those people will then go on to become runners who are the people who are just sort of starting out, again, helping with research on productions, maybe like sort of starting to do a bit of camera work but not actually like out on the field sort of and and filming and yeah that that's kind of like all it is to do they're doing little odd jobs here and there like if if one of the producers needs help with something like scripting something like that you know a researcher might step in and say oh like I can do that sort of thing but there's no like sort of specific job you kind of have it's very much like a, a job that you sort of take where you're like right I'm I'm keen I'm enthusiastic I want to sort of step up the ladder um, up for anything sort of thing. Cool. And when they asked you if you wanted to start getting into camera work, had you had any experience in that area before? I had had very, very minimum experience at in my MA. I did like a very brief camera course because that was part of the whole degree. But it was only like probably maybe like three lessons of two hours potentially. So I was taught, like, obviously, how to press record and how to sort of pick up the camera, but I didn't really retain very much of it because it's one of those jobs as well where 
you sort of have to like do it practically if you know what I mean you have to like actually be out there and like filming and sort of not not learn from your own mistakes but kind of well actually yeah maybe learn from your own mistakes yeah it's just one of those things that you I think I feel like once you've got the basics because you obviously need those to start with but like once you've got those you just need to get out there do it a few times and sort of look back at what you've done and then think right I did this wrong next time I'm going to do this instead and so on and and yeah so I yeah it's one of those things that I never really thought I would do and again I never really had like not that I thought it was boring or anything, but I just never really thought it was a possibility. So I was never really sort of interested in it. But now it's obviously like what I do for a living. And like now now I'm an assistant producer, like type slash producer. So I don't just film, but my previous job, I, I worked at a company called The Running Channel, which is a YouTube channel that's basically is what it is. It, it's it, They make videos about running. And there I was a, a videographer. So I was literally filming every single day with a camera editing every day so like to go from like I guess in 2017 where I hadn't even like picked up a camera properly and used one to like filming every day and being a videographer was kind of quite a big jump I guess yeah very cool I like this story because it's not what you intended initially and it's where you are now and I think that's very inspiring and hopeful for a lot of people out there who are like "Mm, I don't like what I'm doing right now yeah no I mean that there are a lot of people like within my office who in my department who did those media jobs and were like very much sort of had their mindset on working going into tv but yeah I I don't know many other people who sort of had no ambitions whatsoever again not to say I've like thought it was a bad thing ever but I just I'd never considered it really as an option so cool if you're producing a 30 minute cycling show every week how much footage do you need to get an episode yeah, uh, well, I'm I'm one of these people who tends to overshoot a lot, so I tend to yeah. Um, I always bring back like the rushes. You know what? Do you know what rushes are? No. Like the, so that's just your your main all the footage you film. It's like it can be all the really choppy stuff as well, all the terrible stuff with like the camera pointed at the floor or whatever. It's just like literally everything you you filmed from the shoot. And I tend to like bring it back, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, you filmed way too much again." So it's probably. I don't know it kind of depends like what you're sort of filming like usually I tend to work on like magazine shows and things in the past so those are kind of interview led pieces where then you'll 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 do an interview with like an individual and then you'll go out and sort of get lots of b-roll or paint as it's called to sort of cover it and sort of complement the interview and yeah I couldn't really give you like a specific time scale of like how much actual footage but usually like let's say I don't know I'm on a shoot for three days or something filming at an event maybe I'll film like in file size maybe like a terabyte of footage or something like okay <laughs> um yeah I don't know if that's a like a reference that you can relate to or not um I have no idea but like like is it like five hours is it 10 hours is it 20 hours uh, and then you cut it down to just a short episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm trying to think when I use, because usually, again, when you bring footage back and then you'll like get all your sort of your B-roll and you'll put it on a time, a long timeline. And then you'll sort of cut out the best bits that you want, pretty much. I'll maybe from one event, like there'll be an, I don't know, an hour of B-roll or something. Mm-hmm. But from like maybe a day, perhaps, potentially. 
and then but also that like you do actually need to film that much it sounds like it's a lot but in an hour of footage there might be like 15 clips that you think oh this is really good and then others the way you're sort of like mm, I mean this is okay but like it doesn't I don't know it just doesn't really highlight what I kind of want to show at this point so like I always think like just just film as much as possible and then like you're kind of saving yourself potential problems further down the line absolutely that's one of those situations you'd rather have too much than not enough for sure precisely yeah I mean obviously pe people get a bit annoyed with you when when there's you have to store things in the like system and stuff but uh, <laughs> um, yeah like I, obviously yes I would rather have way too much versus than not enough yeah <laughs> very cool you were very familiar with cycling but you've worked in other sports that were you as familiar with rugby and equestrian or did you have to learn certain things to be effective um no I knew absolutely nothing about <laughs> equestrian whatsoever I did actually used to ride a horse like okay. when I was a lot younger but like I was working obviously in professional like equestrian where of like show jumping and dressage and cross country and I knew nothing whatsoever about those so so like when I did equestrian I was it was the end of the cycling season and then like I think I was out in Holland working on a race and um I suddenly got this call like from someone in the in the TV company at IMG they were oh would you like to um go to North Carolina for a month to film at the World Equestrian Games and I was just like well I, okay sure <laughs> so um yeah so I, I came back like the next week and I then within a few days I ended up going to North Carolina for a month to film there and, and yeah again I knew nothing about um horses at all in terms of like competition and stuff or any of like people who actually take part in it but yeah I ended up working a month as like a cameraman on the like live world equestrian game show and we were filming that every single day it didn't really matter that I didn't know so much about horses because other people there did like our presenters and stuff did and they were kind of like well just you point the camera there and then film it and then that that'll be all fine and that's that that was but yeah that was really good fun actually and it, with these things like you'll start off not having sort of any interest in the sport or something and you'll get no knowledge or whatsoever and like within a couple of days or so you'll be like yeah you're like oh I know that person and I know that person and then and you get really into it as well that's the other thing like it makes you become like a really big fan like at the moment I'm working um I've just started working on this series for Red Bull on one of their things with MotoGP. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how big MotoGP is again in America. Um, you did, There is a race out there, I know. They have, within MotoGP, they have a series called Red Bull Rookies Cup, which is for basically 14-year-olds and 15-year-olds who are racing kind of for the first time on the circuit. And so I am now like producing the series for Red Bull for that. Um, so I've just been out in Portugal for a few weeks um, doing that. And I, before I went out to do that, I had yeah no knowledge and kind of like no, no real sort of interest in, in motorbikes or anything. But now like having come back, I'm like, yeah, I'm like really keen to like get other people into it and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm starting to get like become a really big fan as well. So it's just one of those funny things. Also, like you work with other people when you go out on these shoots who are passionate about the sport. And then that passion then like rubs off on you and it's just, it's infectious and it's, yeah, it's, it's very difficult not to then become a fan because yeah. yeah, it's just kind of like in the air. <laughs> that sounds so fun and cool. Cause like you were saying your writing job every day was the same and it's boring. And now you're doing like so many different things all the time and learning new sports and becoming a fan of new sports. So that sounds really exciting. 
yeah I, again when you're working like in a sort of uh, a tv like production company it, a sports one as well um there's just new things just pop up the whole time there's there's everything like so many things are going on and it's also like things that you didn't even weren't even aware of you'll you an email will pop into your inbox one day and they'll be like oh we've been working on this out in this place you like, what i <laughs> I had no idea that was going on and that is like a daily thing pretty much and the, like there's yeah people are always coming and going like doing different things and and it's also again because there are so many things going on that like people get sort of pulled across to other productions and and l- tons of people are working on multiple like projects and stuff and so that there, there are so many opportunities to work on like so many different things and again like travel to so many places and so many events and and get involved and, and like all you really need is enthusiasm essentially and also ideas enthusiasm and ideas and as long as like people see you have that then it, it like opens so many doors and it and there's so many possibilities that's awesome so in that vein what is something like super unique that you've worked on that you're like wow I can't believe this is my job oh last probably last around last Christmas it was no, two Christmases ago, because it was 2021, end of 2021. I went to, I was working at the Running Channel again, and we got this opportunity to do the first ultra marathon in, in Thailand. Well, it was not literally the first ultra marathon, but like there's a big ultra marathon company called UTMB who run all the like major sort of ultra marathons in the world. And this was the first one, official one they were hosting in Thailand. So we got to go out to that and and they basically treated us like sort of celebrities pretty much <laughs> like until the actual ultimate so they took us all around Bangkok like took us to all the sites and everything and, and it was amazing and they were so nice and so cool and so friendly and we were making a video out there for them so they were like so keen to like accommodate us and and give us the best chance to like film as much cool stuff as possible and then the ultramarathon itself was near this place called Chiang Mai which is just sort of a bit further north I think it's about like two hour plane journey or something and so we went out uh, out there then after we'd been all around Bangkok and filmed that and it was basically sort of in the jungle pretty much this ultra marathon but it was so cool and all the people were so nice and like there was so much cool stuff to film and like the countryside and the views up in the mountain were just incredible and I wasn't running it I was filming it but the the presenter I was I was filming with was also she, she was relatively new to running and ultra running and actually presenting as well she's very young but she's very good at her job and her enthusiasm she was so good to work with and we just had like such an amazing time because it was just such a cool opportunity we're in such a cool place and like the video we came out with was also like I I, personally I thought it was really good as well not to blow my own trumpet but um (laughs) and yeah like we had a drone out there and like the drone was getting amazing footage and and just everything like everything about it was so cool and and like, yeah, it was one of those things where even some, a lot of the times you're so busy at these events that you do like massively enjoy it. But the, the only time you get to sort of sit back and think, wow, that was really cool is when you like get home and you'll kind of like have a chance to sort of process everything. But with this, this was one of those ones where you're actually out there at the time filming and you're like, I'm actually here. I'm actually filming this. This is so cool. So yeah, it, it was, that was like an incredible experience. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. And I was going to ask, when you're filming running events, how do you do that? So you have a drone, but is there any technique to get people who are moving quickly? It's fil- filming in slow-mo quite a lot. That quite okay. helps. That helps. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, we, so with this ultramarathon, like, 
that was kind of I had the drone and it was 50 I think it was 55 kilometers so it was it was longer than a marathon obviously a marathon is 42 because I may be I may be wrong there with 55 kilometers but it was definitely <laughs> it was definitely longer than a marathon, okay. it was a marathon, marathon. And there are different checkpoints on the route. So I basically, I had a guide and like a chaperone with me. Again, that was really one of the cool things about why why the trip was so cool and like the organizers were so cool because they had, we had so much cool stuff organized for us. And they, they took us around like on a bus to the different checkpoints that we said we wanted to go to. And basically I'd get all my like footage at those checkpoints and then move to another one. And then some of them had like aid stations where the runners would stop and, and get food and stuff. So Sarah, who was our presenter, would then like stop for a bit and I'd, you know, get a few sound bites and that sort of thing and then move on to the next one. So that's kind of like how you'd film an ultra marathon. And then marathons, actually, I am I'm quite a keen runner myself. So I have filmed a few marathons now just with a GoPro running with the presenter. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's basically I, I run the whole thing with them, have a GoPro, say, right, Sarah, whoever, time to do a little piece to camera. How are you feeling sort of thing? So yeah, I've done that a few times as well. And then a lot of our other videos were kind of like how-to videos and stuff where you're sort of filming like demonstrations and just sort of pieces to camera. But it's a big variation of stuff. But like, yeah, that's kind of the crux of, of, of what I was doing there, basically. Very cool. In all of your travels, have you met really cool people and collaborated with local people on your projects? Oh yeah, yeah, 100%. With this job, like I've met, not just sort of my my main colleagues who like I've been really really lucky to work with some amazing people and like made some amazing friends in this job I don't know what it is about tv I think tv just it like particularly in in this position maybe not higher up with the people in the suits potentially but in sort of my position type thing like so many people are so like friendly and so nice and so all sort of share like similar traits like everyone's just very keen and like everyone is just super nice pretty much and it's also it's always the same thing as well when you go abroad like again when I was saying in Thailand everyone was so nice and and so like so interested in also what you're doing as well that's the other thing when you're when you're doing tv and like you have a camera in your hand everyone like comes up to you like oh what are you filming for like like what 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 does this camera do sort of thing yeah you're never short of like volunteers and stuff and and yeah, I, I guess again, I worked in cycling and went to all these races and everyone. And everyone you meet there is just yeah, organization wise and and just also other people in the media as well. It's funny, like you think maybe there'd be potentially like a rivalry with people who are maybe filming with different sort of companies and stuff, but no, no, it's that's never really the case. It's always kind of like yeah, you always make good friends with these people and also. Like with a sport like cycling or running, you tend to see them again and again at different events. So you work up this rapport and it becomes like this own, this little community as well. But then also not just within the small sports as well, when you go off to these cool places in like Thailand or I don't know, Israel or wherever other places are being like Argentina or America or wherever. But yeah, every, it's always the same sort of thing. Everyone is just super friendly and super nice. Wow. And how often are you traveling for work? So um, my current job, I've, I've got sort of somewhat of a promotion recently. So I'm not traveling quite as much as I did, um, but I am still traveling like quite a bit. Obviously now I'm producing this um, MotoGP type um, series, which that's kind of traveling to places pretty much a couple of weeks, a month maybe uh, for a few days. 
And then I will also work on UEFA, which is the football like organization, um, soccer in, in Europe. And with that, we go to like a lot of access days where you interview sort of players and, and games and stuff like that. So that tends to be, again, like kind of every couple of weeks or so um, for a few days. But previous to that, again, when I was working in cycling, I was, I was probably on the road more than I was at home, I would say, from that period of like January to September, I think. I think I had like maybe a three month period once then when I was at home for in total, maybe like four days wow. and just, yeah. And just constantly going out. And again, also with the running channel job, we were doing a lot of shoots all over the UK as well, but then occasionally we'd go abroad as well. So that was probably again, every, maybe every couple of weeks or so. So obviously I'm not traveling quite as much now as I was before, but still, no, I still am like going to different places, doing shoots elsewhere and, and yeah, getting a lot of cool opportunities. There's just a bit more of a kind of balance now which is kind of the nature of things as you get a bit older, I guess. Like, yeah. obviously, now now I'm I'm living with my other half. We're now engaged as well. So I'm kind of like, well, you know, it is cool. I, I really love travel and everything. But, like, every once in a while, maybe I'd like to have a weekend at home. Absolutely. Think, the balance yeah. is key. Exactly. I think she's happy with that as well. <laughs> but obviously, like, when I get the – like, tomorrow I'm going off to Napoli for a few days um, to film with the football team there because they are – they're just on the verge of um, winning their first um, like championship since uh, 1990. And Ooh. the whole city is, uh, it's a very passionate soccer city. And the people, the people as well, they're Italian. They're from the south of Italy. They're very passionate. People are like, yeah, mad crazy about soccer. And like the whole city at the moment is like draped in banners and the colors of the team and stuff. So I'm basically, my plan when i get there is to like go out and film all the streets like all the things that are on display and then speak to the players about this and like get their thoughts and that is going to be like a really super cool shoot and it's a very topical subject within um soccer at the moment as well this team and and those players in particular that we're getting to speak to so it's like a, a really cool opportunity i'm very much looking forward to it um so I'm, yeah i'm very sorry that i'm leaving her for a few days and she's not probably not very happy about that but <laughs> Yeah, it's quite a cool opportunity. It sounds really exciting. That's awesome. So back in the day when you were traveling so frequently, were you exhausted or were you like still just so excited about the opportunities? No, I think I think I was yeah, running on enthusiasm back mm -hmm. then. Obviously I was a bit younger, so like maybe now I'd probably be yeah, a bit more <laughs> exhausted. But um yeah, then I think I absolutely loved it. I like properly embraced it and yeah, I think maybe when I had a few days off and stopped then maybe it would suddenly hit me but at the time I it was amazing um, like I, I think I had one trip when I was filming at the tour of California and I like I flew out from the UK at like six o'clock in the morning um, had a flight to Dallas then I flew to Reno then I got like a shuttle bus to South Lake Tahoe and then I got there like like midnight pretty much and then couldn't sleep because i had jet lag and then i was up to like film at six o'clock the next morning um at a race and then we were like working through the night at this race as well because we were doing the highlights for it so for like five days i probably got a grand total of maybe five hours sleep and then <laughs> no it's not enough at all it's, it's mad and then like probably like the morning after the very last race day i then flew back from like we were in Sacramento. I flew to Sacramento, San Francisco, 
San Francisco back to London and then had to put everything together in an edit as soon as I got back for the show that was going out the next day. So that was obviously absolutely exhausting. But then I don't think I actually felt exhausted at the time because, again, it was so cool what I was doing and it was such a cool opportunity and I loved what I was doing. And, yeah, I was just so enthusiastic that I. it was kind of one of those things where, like, you don't feel like you're tired because you are enjoying so much, like, what you're doing. That's awesome. I think that's when you know you really hit the jackpot with your career that you are just tired, but you don't even realize it. Yeah, 100%. When you're, and also, like, I guess we'd have, like, evenings when we were in the sort of the edit suite, um, like, putting together the show, and we'd be there until, I don't know, midnight pretty much and I, I'm not necessarily this, saying this is for everyone because uh, obviously some people might might think differently or and some people might want more of like a sort of work-life balance type of thing but for me because I loved what I was doing so much like I, I didn't really mind that much because I was kind of like you know this is really cool like I'm being paid to do something that is like I really really enjoy and like this is amazing sort of thing right it's Sometimes we have to redefine work-life balance because if you're doing something you really enjoy doing, that is your life. So like the balance sort of overlaps in a different way than say, if you hate your job. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And like, I, it is such a big thing to actually like enjoy your job and like love what you're doing and think in the morning, I'm really excited to go to work. It makes such a huge difference just mentally. It, it, I can't even begin to describe like how much of a like yeah difference it makes. Totally. And do you think having had the experience of not enjoying your job so much makes you appreciate this one that much more? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. 100%. Yeah, once you've sort of experienced one side of the coin and then like gone on to the other, yeah, it, it do- definitely does make you appreciate the other side so much more. Yeah. Got to have that contrast. Awesome. So you mentioned a few places you've traveled for work and you told us a cool story in Thailand. Where else have you been for this job? Pretty much every single country in Europe, I would say, I've been to. Um, been to Argentina, um, Bahrain, Israel, loads of places in America, which probably isn't quite as exotic for you, but for like someone from London, that's quite cool. Like, uh, where else? Uh, Japan, Australia. Yeah, that. I mean, that's uh, Thailand as well. I mean, my, with my, again, my job, most of the places are in Europe, but um, yeah, there are, there are obviously some cool places out of Europe, as I've said there, that I've been to as well. That's a very cool opportunity and like so much travel. And it's really nice when you're traveling for work so that your expenses are covered. <laughs> that, yeah, that is a very big, you also, you tend to save, well, actually, you tend, sometimes you actually make a bit of money as well, just because, um, yeah, per diems um, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Yeah. So that that is an obvious perk. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. So cool. Well, Freddie, this has been a really interesting conversation in an industry that I was not personally very familiar with. So if someone listening was interested in getting into television, what advice do you have for someone looking to get started? I would say again, enthusiasm like is the main thing. I've seen people from loads of different backgrounds as well, um, like working in television. Again, I said a lot of the people before, I said a lot of people that worked in like my production company did sort of come from media backgrounds. But other people I've worked with elsewhere, like, yeah, they've they've kind of just been people who've sort of been interested in the sport or just interested in cameras or something. And the way they've got started is, yeah, essentially just like being super keen and just starting up themselves, I guess. 
with sort of I guess social media and things like YouTube and stuff with um social media and YouTube and things like that that it that has created so many like opportunities for people to like kind of I guess carve out a career in this type of thing as long as you have like enthusiasm then like there's there's sort of nothing to stop you really and just sort of reaching out to people not being shy as well like because it doesn't hurt at all I, I know like sometimes like you'll think some, oh what you know what if they sort of shoot me down or something or like say something mean to me or something but no like you'll find that uh, it's actually the complete opposite in a lot of in a lot of like worlds of work like people are so keen to help you out and like so generous with their time and stuff like if you just sort of if you're just open to to things then like it, it can open so many doors absolutely and yeah you can be afraid of what they'll say but like what if it's something positive and you miss out on that opportunity because you didn't take the chance yeah no exactly and also even if it is something bad like this is someone that you like you may never speak to again like so kind of like what does it matter like you know their their opinion isn't necessarily valid so you just move on to the next person sort of thing well great advice enthusiasm just go for it amazing well thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge and enthusiasm and it's a super interesting topic so i really appreciate you coming on here Thank you very much for having me. No, I really enjoyed it. Great. And everyone else, I will catch you on the next episode. Wait, before you go, if you are here because you are exploring your travel options, I am excited to share with you that I've just revamped my free offerings to help you on your journey. Whether you need help budgeting for a career break, saving money for a trip, or learning how to effectively apply for a remote job, I've got you. Visit the link in the show notes or go directly to www.travelshifters.com freebies to download what you need. And don't hesitate to let me know what you think. Thank you for tuning in to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I would be so thankful for your positive review on Apple Podcasts so I can keep the episodes coming. If you aren't already following me on social media, Come soak up the extra tips and travel inspiration on Instagram by following me at The Travel Shifters or by visiting my website at travelshifters.com. Thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it.